ring a bell, another bell. I got to ring a bell for chemo, and I got to ring a bell for radiation. And then, and then uh, so this morning, I was getting up, and I had a couple things that I wanted to get done uh, down in the children's wing. And then I, I get here, or I, before I get here, I get a phone call from, uh, from Preacher, and he's like, hey, he's like, I need your help today. And I was like, sure, what do you need? He's like, can you teach Sunday school? Sure. <laughs> so hopefully it goes well. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just be completely honest with you. Um, this was a lesson I had worked on a couple of weeks ago, but I've never actually uh, preached, and I haven't had much time to review since then. Um, but hopefully, hopefully you enjoy it. So we, we, here we are, John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and um, this is one of those portions of Scripture. I think I referenced it last time I taught, taught Sunday school uh, for Pastor Morris, but I referenced this portion of Scripture. But it's one of, it, I, I, for me, when I'm reading the Bible, like, I'll, I'll come to different areas. Like, like you ever watch a, a like a, uh, sorry, we're, we're in church, we're not supposed to say movie, but you ever watch a show or a film? Right, because we're 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 high class. We say films, right? And so, um, so you know, but you ever like get a favorite scene, and, and you just enjoy watching it, and the, like the build up to the to the, the the scene happens. Like for me, like I get like that with the Bible, right? Like there's there's things that are occurring, and I'm reading, and then then I, I, I there's something that just like drastically sticks out to me that's that that impacts me, and I one of those portions of one of those things that that impacts me so much that we find here in John chapter six. It really, really hits me. So what I'd like to do is read a few verses. So we're going to jump down to verse number 60. And a very popular portion of Scripture. And a lot of us know it, right? So John chapter 6 and verse 60, it says here, Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. All right, anybody ever struggle with murmuring? I do a lot. <laughs> I do often. You know why I, I murmur so much now? I spend a lot of time in the Chicago airport. Oh, Chicago O'Hare? What a horrible cesspool of humanity, right? And now, if I'm, now I'm, not, I'm not trying to be too gross here, okay? But listen, fathers, if, you, if you're sitting here and you have, if you have young, young kids, fathers, please teach your children how to use the restroom properly. I had, I, I, I am not somebody to cause drama publicly, but I had to say something. The fellow was in the air, he was in the, he, the fellow, the, the, the custodian was in there, and, he, and they had just built some new restrooms, and he was cleaning, and he was getting everything, and he was a little stressed, and he had just cleaned a stall, perfectly pristine cleaned it. How do I know that? Because I was watching him work while I was waiting. Fellow is ahead of me, goes in there. I spoke out. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He just cleaned this thing, and you were the only person. I'm not normally this way. But when you get it all over the place like a three-year-old, you don't lift the seat, you were taught wrong, or you're just that lazy of a human being. So I, I said something out loud. He got extremely embarrassed. And hopefully he learned his lesson. Amen? That guy is cleaning. He's doing his best. And then you just go in there and just be a disrespectful jerk. But anyway, going on. So uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of time in airports. It's a lot of fun. You know, and so, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. So sometimes, uh, you know, it was hard for me. Like, and I'll get like that complaining part of my, my time when I had that ileostomy on, right? You know, um, you know, you have to have a cup to empty your stuff. Won't go too detail. Try doing that at 17,000 feet. <laughs> In this tiny little bathroom, and you got to get in there. Well, anyway, so I, in those moments, I find myself going, <laughs> like, or or the why me? Does anybody else have to deal with this? I remember uh, I, it was a little, it was uh, it was a little bit beforehand. 
getting ready to go to um, getting ready to go to Chicago for, for these two weeks. And I'm not going to lie, I was, I was a little bit like, ah, it's two weeks away from my family, I don't really want to do it, blah, 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 need to do it. And then I get there and I meet folks that have been there since July. I met one fella, he's from Texas, his name was Warren, really nice, really nice man. He's got to be there for two months. You know, and it's, I, I like those moments when God puts perspective on our lives. You know, here I'm crying about something, but here's people handling it that are dealing with it a lot better than I was about something small. You know, and uh, so, so going on, so they, they were murmuring, right? They were murmuring at it. And he said unto them, I love this, right? This is the Lord, right? I mean, he already knows the answer to the question. Doth this offend you? <laughs> Could you imagine this situation? Here you are talking with the God of creation, right? Jesus Christ, the creator. John chapter 1 is very clear about that. And, and you start complaining. <laughs> and then he looks at you and says, are you offended? <laughs> and, and these folks have all read Psalm 119, 168. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall love them or offend them. And so when, when we're being offended, according to Scripture, it has something to do with our love for God's Word, right? So anyway, going on now, and uh, so doth this offend you? Then verse number 62, What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up to heaven uh, where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth and the flesh that profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are the Spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him, right? That's really, really important to think about. And he said, therefore, uh, I'm sorry, he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him by, uh, of my father. Verse number 66. From that time, many, notice what it says here. So from that time, many of his disciples went back and walk no more with him. Then verse number 67, and this is going to be kind of the main point right here. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Look at this question. Will ye also go away? So, simple question, but a hard question. You see Jesus that had just explained to them the bread of life. Explained that he was the way to eternity. To them, that was a hard lesson. That, that kind of goes against everything that they were raised to understand and taught. And, you, you know, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, think about it. Like, you know, going out witnessing and talking to people about the gospel. You know, a lot of, I, I, I love sharing the gospel. I remember um, we would take uh, our youth group out into what was called the, the old Air Force Base. It was K.I. Sawyer Air Force Base, de- decommissioned Air Force Base that they turned into low-income housing. And we would go out there all the time, you know, for the bus route, getting people, you know, asking, you know, parents, hey, can we take your kids to a church you've never seen, and you're okay with that? And they're like, sure. (laughs) I never understood that. I respected the parents that would be like, I need to look into this place. I would like to visit before we did. I respected that because you knock on my door and say, hey, can we come by with a bus and take your kids? Like, I, got, I, I, I don't know about that, but do you know how many parents would just be like, how long are you going to take them? Well we'll, well, we'll be here about 8, we'll be back, you know, about 12.30. Can you keep them longer? <laughs> what? <laughs> Lady, you don't even know us. But anyway, so, um, but I remember the one time we were out, I was with, uh, I was with a, a young man, his name was Robert. And we were out, we out kind of knocking on doors and stuff like that. And this lady comes to the door, and, and you know, we start talking. And I engage her when it comes to the gospel. And I'm, I'm going through the gospel as politely as I possibly can, and she starts getting a little bit reserved. And then she starts getting a little kind of like, you know, red-eyed. And, and I said, is, is this hard for me to say? And she's like, she's like, kind of. 
She goes, I've been in church my whole life. Nobody's explained this to me. And she goes, I'm having a hard time understanding it. You know, I understand what was going on with her. Her whole life she's been in church, but nobody's ever told her the basic, simple plan of salvation. How we can know that we're on our way to heaven. How we know we're on our way to heaven is we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ after we ask him to forgive us of our sins. And he makes it very, very clear in scripture what will occur from that point. And so now, here, here Jesus Christ was explaining to, to these folks, he's like, hey, listen, what you understand... That's not the way it's going to be. I am the way to the Father. No man can come unto the Father. You know, no man coming to me except sent by the Father. So this is what has to occur. And now they're having a hard time with that. And so now in life, let, let, let's be honest, in life, and, and I don't know about you guys, but I remember when I first started going to church and reading the Bible, there was things that didn't un, I didn't understand or they were hard to understand. I had been raised a certain way. I had certain, you know, opinions and thoughts and ideologies. Now I'm going to church and I'm realizing that a lot of those things aren't right. And God's word is telling me something else. And the, the preacher's preaching God's word and it's making an impact on my life. And now I'm, I'm, faced with, now I'm faced with what to do. Shall I make a change? Or shall I reject? In life, when it, when it comes to our, our service for, the God, for, for God, that's what a lot of it comes down to. Shall, shall I accept what he has for me, you know, despite some of the uncomfortableness? You know, I was, I was texting with a um, preacher yesterday. You know, one of the things that, I, I, one of the things that um, I never thought I'd ever be thankful for was cancer. Um, if you go back, you can go back and listen to uh, my very first message that I preached at Douglas Baptist Church in Douglas, Wyoming. Um, and I said, I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I'm thankful for cancer. But I can stand in front of you today, and what I am thankful for is how much it's revitalized my ability to witness to people. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, people get really, 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 really into listening to you when you mention stage four cancer. And so I use that as a testimony to share. Now, here's the thing. You might not have my testimony but you have your own testimony. You have something that God has done in your life. All of us sitting here today have been changed. Hopefully all of us sitting here today have been changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? We did, the, we did pie and praise. Wasn't that amazing? Hearing all those testimonies. That was absolutely wonderful. Hearing all those testimonies. Hearing about people getting saved or, or lives that have been altered because of the gospel in a positive way. That is wonderful. Listen, those are things that we can share with other people. We have a testimony. But I'm thankful for the fact that, that God has done something with me and I have this opportunity to share the gospel and I get to talk to people more and things like that. And I'm very, very thankful for that. So, now here we come. So, some walked away. Reasons people leave. I, 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 always, I always wondered about this. Reasons people leave. I'm sure we all know somebody, at least one person, that they were going to church, they were doing well, they, they were on a, on a path, you know, heading towards God's glory, you know, in this life, and all of a sudden they just quit. Uh, I, I don't know what it was like working with people in the county jail. Always, I love the county jail ministry, captive audience, get it, haha. Anyway, um, so I always, I always loved it. But one of the things that I would notice is I would see people get saved in the county jail, and I would believe that they got saved. I, I would see the change in their, their life and their attitude there, but then as soon as they get their freedom, they're back to their old ways, right? 
You know, or, 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 or you have those people that, like, they're, they're praying as hard as they can, and the jailhouse faith, and God, I need your help, God, I need your help, God, I need your help. And in the moment they get their freedom, or the moment the judge, you know, says what they want the judge to say, boom, they're gone. Why? Why? You ever ask why? Well, it's because they were fake, and blah, blah, blah. I don't think they were fake. I don't think every single person that gets saved in the county jail but doesn't go to church was a false pr- profession. I don't believe that one bit. I don't believe that one bit because I know good, clean people that don't go to church, but I've heard their testimony. I think it comes down to a concept of obedient children and disobedient children. God loves us. He cares for us. Now, I'm a father of five, and I can tell you right now, not all the time my kids like to be obedient. It's a weird thing, right? You know, I mean... You know, watching, watching all these wonderful families. You know, like, you ever seen those families that, like, they're picture perfect? I mean, the kids are all lined up, right? Hair's all perfect. Daughters are all perfect dresses. You know how many of those families I've met, and they got some serious problems, right? Publicly, they look amazing, right? But then in the private life, there's some problems. Met tons of folks like that. But, you know, so, so when I first started going to church, I'd see those families, and I'd be like, man, that's what my kids are going to be like, right? And then I had kids, and I got to struggle with, you know, bashing my head into a wall out of frustration. <laughs> I think my favorite is this, like, you know, like with, with my boys. I'll just be sitting there. I'll just be like, guys, guys, there's something wrong with this floor. What is wrong with this floor? And then Lincoln will be like, what? And then Liam will walk over and he's like, do you want us to clean? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, what do you guys see wrong with this floor? Your bedroom floor. I don't know, Dad. I can't see it. <laughs> I would like to see your floor. Pick your clothes up, blah, blah. Your mom just did all lunch. Right, so we have, you know, or, or, or I think my favorite thing is, and maybe your kids were perfect in this area and they didn't have this problem, but sibling rivalry. I played a, a little video. I, I, I like, I like, I like uh, funny videos, right? Lighthearted videos. I played one for Lincoln. It was this guy talking, he's like, if your brother's not your worst enemy alive that annoys you, is he even really your brother? <laughs> you know, last night my wife and I, 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 like, to, I, like, to, I like to try to stay positive, right? And, and I realize what I feed myself is going to help myself stay positive. So what am I feeding myself? Oh, I was watching, I was watching cancer survivor stories. And then it all turned into, like, you know, kids, you know, because of the algorithm or whatever. You know, here's the thing. When I see that stuff, I can't help but think how great God is. Why wouldn't I serve him? Right? Why, why is it? I, I like positivity, but here's the reality. Not every story is positive. Whether it's cancer, whether it's just life in general, finances, health issues in general, you know, uh, Pastor Morris isn't here today because he, he's, he's dealing with some sickness. You know, like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But we face these things in life, and for some reason, when we face these things, we, we look at all the good that God has done in our lives, and we look at all the positive that he's brought, and we look at home and heaven and eternity, and we say, yeah, but this happened, I'm done. What does that gain you? In the end... There's a reality. God is still in heaven and he's still on the throne. I'm not going to change his mind on what he's doing in my life. My opportunity is to follow him and to serve him because of what he's done for me. 
What has he done for me? He has given me a home in heaven. He's given me salvation. He's given me an escape from eternal damnation. Why wouldn't I live for him? Now, when I'm faced with something in Scripture that, that, that I, I might have a hard time understanding or dealing with, or maybe I have a slight disagreement, here's still the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. Now, I've also learned a couple of different things. There might be something in Scripture that I look at and I say, I don't understand that. That's not a reason to get upset. That's not a reason to get annoyed. That's an opportunity for me to study and see what God, is, what, what God, is, what God was doing or working with. So, why do some people go away? I think sometimes people go away because the pull of the world is too strong. We live in a lustful, sinful society. We live in a society that is, is, is honestly, quite off the rails, right? Um, I cannot believe in my life that we have teachers that are promoting such atrocious books that I can't mention the titles from the pulpit. Like, the horribleness that is going on in our world and society today is insane. And it's only declining more rapidly every single day. It just gets worse. And some of the stuff that is going on out there is absolutely disgusting. You know, and so young people, they're growing up and they're watching a lot of this different stuff. And, and to be honest, there's a pull. There's a pull, right? You know, lust for, or pleasure, for, pleasure of sin for a season, as Moses said, right? But the reality is, is that stuff, it all comes to a crashing end. It all comes to a crashing end. Some get pulled away from that. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that ye enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The temptation of the world, uh, the temptations of the world are too overpowering for them, so they, they go after that which they desire. And, and, it, and it's, it, it's, it, for me, this is, this, is, this is kind of a funny thing. But it's funny how we, we pay more respect to temporal things than we do the institution that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood for. Church. I'm thankful for church. I, I, I really, really am. As somebody that, that, that used to be extremely anti-church and anti-religion, yes, I, I was. When I was bound in my addictions and problems as a young man, um, I, was, I had a horrible, horrible testimony. But you want to know, despite all that, God still loved me. He still shed his blood for me. And he still accepted me. And he still took something from that horrible, miserable life and he turned it into something different. Amen? That, 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 that's, that's my Savior. That, that's what He does. You know, and so, some people go away because they desire something better, right? Uh, it, it's that, that old saying, the grass, is, the grass is greener on the other side, right? Sometimes the grass is greener because it's astroturf. It's fake. <laughs> they go away because they desire something better. 1 Samuel 27, 1, uh, here, David. David said in his heart, I shall now perish... One day by the hand of Saul, there is nothing better for me that, uh, than that I should speedily escape in the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me and seek me any, uh, seek me any more, and, the, uh, and any cost of Israel shall I escape out of his hand. So here David is being chased by Saul, and he decides that the only way to escape is to flee to the Philistines. The enemy, the enemy, right? The Philistines are a picture of, a lost, uh, of the lost and dying, a picture of our flesh and sinful nature, uh, or the world. Some will go away because they will desire something more than what God has for them. They, they want more than what God has for them. You know, in the end, we're going to stand in judgment in front of God. Right? 
if, 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 if I was, and I'm thankful I'm not, but if I was dead right now, or if I died right now, I'm going to have to stand judgment for my life, whether it be good or bad, right? Corinthians tells that very, very clear. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, financially, I'm not a very brilliant man in finances. I, I met some folks, I mean, they're just, I'm not. I, I'm more of a like, eh, all right, we're going, all right? I, stocks, investments, I don't know, I don't get it, I don't understand it, that's why I want to pay somebody to do that for me. But anyway, going on. So, but I do understand one simple concept. What I do here for God has a return in heaven. So I'm going to serve him here. Not because I want more out of him, but because I, 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 want, I, want, I want to honor him with the life that he has given me. I want him to be pleased with my life, so therefore I'm going to serve him and I'm going to go forward for him. But some people, they'll, they'll go away because they'll, they'll look at the things in the world and they'll say, that looks more alluring to this right here. They go away because of rejecting God's truth. Notice John 6.60. Many of them, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, they said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it, right? Anybody ever been listening to a, a sermon and you went, ugh, Right? I remember the, my very first introduction to Pastor Mark Monty. Who's Pastor Mark Monty? He's the pastor of the church, if you didn't know, right? He was preaching at Camp Kobiak. Very first time I ever met him. Very first time I ever heard him speak. And uh, I remember he comes in, and, and he, he comes in, and, and he's, he's still, you know, our preacher, right? Like, the way he is, he's very fun, energetic, you know, enjoyable to be around. And so he comes in, and we had just heard from Kerry Schmidt at this pastor's retreat, and then Dr. Mark Monty comes in, and he gets up there, and he says, all right, I'm going to be preaching. And, he, and, he's, and he's, he's, he's having some fun, and he's like, I'm just going to let you all right know. He goes, I'm about to offend every single one of you. <laughs> I went, okay, I like this guy. And here I thought, I'm at a pastor's retreat. I'm doing good. I'm feeling pretty good about my spiritual life. And then this preacher just says he's about to offend me. All right, let's see what he's got. He offended me. <laughs> what did he preach on? Forgiveness. And he made this first, this point he made was he says, how to know that if you're dealing with unforgiveness or bitterness in your heart, he says it's real simple. If, there any, if there's anybody on God's green planet... If they walked through those doors, they came in and they sat down right next to you and you went, ugh. He goes, you're struggling with unforgiveness. And before he said that, I couldn't name anybody that I had an issue with. As soon as he said, sit next to me, that it would bother me, now I can list, list like 26 people. <laughs> I realized at that point I had a problem. And he took us through the Bible on the whole thing. At the end of that message, I, I don't think there was a single preacher that, that wasn't on his knees praying and begging God for forgiveness for their attitude. People were walking out. of the, I'm not kidding about this. People were walking out, grabbing their phones, texting, calling. Their, I think my favorite was the one guy. He felt so bad after hearing the messages that night. He drove four hours to go home to apologize to his wife personally and then drove back. He's a friend of mine, by the way. But anyway, so going on from there. So, you know, in that moment, in that moment where God is speaking to my heart about something, I have the opportunity to accept it or reject it. If I reject God's truth in that, in that situation, I'm putting myself at enmity with God. It's His word. It's His truth. What am I going to do with it? 
I need to be forgiving. Amen? I don't know about you guys, but that's a hard one to learn, to be forgiving. Notice, of, notice they were of his disciples. They walked away because they did not believe that Jesus, well, they, I'm sorry, they, they walked away because they did not believe what Jesus was telling them. They walked away because they did not want to believe what he was saying to them. When we are confronted with the truth from God's word that contradicts what we want, we have to come to a decision to accept or reject. God's word is always better for us and always beneficial for us. Amen? God's word is always better for us than our own thoughts and ideals. It, it always will be. I love this, this, uh, this, this story. It was a college professor who explains. He read the Bible and found no value in it. student raises his hand and explains that it is a letter to Christians. That is why. Amen? Luke 6.46. I'm sorry. Our pride will keep us from receiving God's blessing. Luke 6.46. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? I love that portion of Scripture. In Luke chapter 6, you have these folks that come up to Christ and they're like, Lord! Lord! And he's like, whoa, I don't know you. <laughs> like, ouch! But what he adds to it is, why are you going to call me Lord and, and do not what I'm telling you, and don't do the things I'm telling you to do? Remember, our, our relationship with God is a parent-child relationship. God the Father, us as children. And our life is to honor Him, right? Don't we love when our kids honor us? Oh, I, I, I love I love I love it. I love it when I don't have to ask for the dishes to get done. I love it when I don't have to point out that the garbage needs to be taken out. I love it when I walk by a bedroom and I can see the floor. Amen. Right? That's such a wonderful feeling. I even love it when it happens in... I didn't even hit anything. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so I love it. I absolutely love that, right? I love when my kids do stuff for me just because they love me. I love when they make a little card. I love when they do all those little things, right? Don't you think our Father in Heaven loves when we just do things out of love for Him? One of the things that I, one of the things that, that, uh, I, I try to stress to people, don't serve God for what you can get out of it, out of Him. Serve God because you love Him. Has God given me a lot of good in life? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Statistically, I should be dead. But I'm still here. And you know why? Because of my Father in heaven. Because of the church and the wonderful people praying for me. For folks all over the country that have prayed for me. I'm thankful for that. And I, I feel that is a benefit of knowing Him and serving Him. I'm not going to lie about it. I do feel it's a benefit uh, of trying to honor Him in this life that He blesses. Amen. Right? It, it's such a simple thing. When, when, when my kids are doing what I want them to do. Right? And, you know, and I'm really, really bad at this, this, this thing called spoiling. I am. I am. I love spoiling. Right? And you want to know why I love spoiling? Because of moments like when I got home last night, been gone two weeks, get home, and Emma's sleeping on the couch. It was like 11 o'clock at night, right? Emma's sleeping on the couch. Who's Emma? Emma's my, my seven-year-old daughter, sweetest thing on the planet. You can argue with me all you want. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> They're all staring at me. But anyway, so, so, so I get home, right? 
and, and here she is all sleeping and being awesome and pretty and amazing and beautiful, and, and she probably caused her mom a lot of grief that day, but I don't care. So, so I, I pick her up, and, and, and I was like, Emma, and I'm speaking all sweetly, right? And she kind of puts her arms around my neck, and then I said, it's Daddy. And then she picks her head up, she's like, oh, and then she about choked me out. <laughs> just the excitement. You know, it was just, oh, I was so proud. I love, I love, love, love that. And I can't help but think that our Father loves when we love Him the same way. You know, what is, what, why, why would I quit on the one person? Why would I quit on God? I shouldn't say person. But why, why would I quit on Him? When all he's ever done is given me good. But God didn't give me X. You know, God didn't give me a brand new car. God didn't, uh, come on. Do you know what a lot of that is? Child foolishness. It really, really is. What, is, what has God done for us? He wiped our sin debt completely clean. Wiped it out. Do you, do you realize that one blemish is enough to condemn us to a life of eternity and hell? And God took care of it all through Jesus Christ. All of it. Yeah, but he didn't do this for me. That is just petty, childish, entitled mentality. I don't have anything to be entitled for because I'm a sinner saved by grace. What's special about me and you isn't us, but the presence of God and Christ in our lives what the Holy Spirit is doing. I, I, last time I, I was here, I explained that, you know, kindness, right? The reason why I like to be a kind person now is not because I woke up one morning and went, ah, I need to be nice to people. No, what happened is I read God's word and he said, be ye kind. And I looked up that word be and it says the state of becoming. I'm not kind. God says I need to be kind. So I need to become kind. And you know what? I'm thankful he did. Why? Because I'm not a miserable person anymore. Amen? Anyway, going on. So, people go away for different reasons. <clears throat> they go away, and this is another one, and I've got to hasten here, but they go away because of a wounded faith. This, this point I can relate to because when I was diagnosed, when last, especially last, last November, November, December was probably some of the worst months of my life the pain. The first bout with cancer wasn't that, it was, it wasn't, there was pain, but it wasn't like that pain. And I don't know, there's a few times where I had to cry out to God and ask why. I don't understand. There was times where I, I would just, I, I would just have doubt. But, you know, every time I would, through my, every time I would get doubtful, if I kept my eyes focused on him, he'd always work it out. Always work it out. Sometimes people get wounded, though. Oh, I love this statement right here. I had a lady say this to me one time. Would you stop preaching at me? They go to church and they feel like they're being preached at. I don't know why I said this, but I just simply said, I said, well, who am I supposed to preach at? You come to church and you're sitting in the auditorium. <laughs> I didn't single you out in a sin category or anything like that. I don't know. But who am I supposed to preach at? Amen? Like, I'm, I'm speaking to everybody, but you know, we, we get that, like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm being berated. 
I remember I just asked one person one time. They said, the preacher's always preaching at me. I asked a simple question. Is he telling the truth, though? If what they're saying, listen, sometimes people can say things to us the wrong way, but it can be right. Amen? What they said, you might not have liked how it was said, but it can still be true. And sometimes we'll hear things in preaching that, that we, we know is true, but we're offended. You know the best thing to do? This is hard. Try to keep your pride in check. Now when I say that, I hope that I'm not coming across harsh because that's something I struggle with when confronted about things. I struggle with that. Bad. Well, this is wrong. You better watch your tone. <laughs> How do I know that? Because I'm married. <laughs> and sometimes I'm not a good husband. What did I say to my wife? I said, babe, I'm sorry for being a bad husband. She replied very lovingly, it's okay. <laughs> There's areas in my life that I'm thankful that my wife helps me understand their weak points. I'm thankful for that. We haven't got to the point where I can share that. But anyway, going on. So <laughs> I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. People get wounded. Does the fact that sin gets preached on and you take it personally negate the fact that you still have sin in your life? Is it true? Sometimes instead of complaining, we need to deal with the problem in our life instead of passing blame to others. Some will go away because they lose faith in the man of God. I've seen that before. We've seen a lot of preachers. They've, they've done horrible things. They've done terrible things. And it's become public. And then people leave. And unfortunately, that happens. And, and you know, here's, here's, here's the thing. Preachers are not holier than thou. There's nothing about my life that, that people, and there's nothing about pastor's life that you should look at and say, he needs to be on a pedestal. No, we're people following a calling that God has placed upon our lives. Now, here's the thing. We're still people that can make mistakes. Others make mistakes. People fall into sin. Preachers are people that can make mistakes and fall into problems. I've met preachers that have some terrible sin issues in their lives. Um, problems after problems. And yet, you know, here's the thing. Some of those problems, I feel they need to step down from the pulpit. But the reality is, is some problems in our life, we make mistakes. I've had people get mad at me because they thought I was mad at them. I'm not mad. I'm hardly mad. Sometimes I get upset, but you know, I'm, I, you know like, I, I, I can't think of anybody that I'm looking at, or not looking at, but I can't think of anybody right now that I'm like, man, I'm so mad at that person. I'm not mad at people. But people are like, oh, you were mad at me. Why, why did you think I was mad? You didn't say hi to me. I don't remember seeing you. <laughs> I got chemo brain. I got short-term memory issues. I got things going on. I, 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 and here's the thing. If you ever feel that I've done something to offend you, all I ask is please come talk to me. That's all I ask. Because, you know, I guarantee you that it probably wasn't on purpose. And sometimes I think what we should do is give people the benefit of the doubt. Is it the way I took the situation? Maybe this was going on. Maybe that was going on. I don't know all the things. I don't know all the context, but maybe I should give the benefit of the doubt that, that the people in my life don't hate me. <laughs> right? Some people go away for all kinds of different reasons, unfortunately. <clears throat> Some people go away because they, they don't like the truth. But see, 
What I love, and, and this is where I'm, where I'm going to close, what I love is all those different things I've just said, reasons why people, and there's a lot we didn't, we didn't go over for sake of time, but what I love about this portion of Scripture is, is, is Christ preaches, he explains things, multitudes leave, he's left, he's left with the twelve, and, and he turns back. Now, let, let's read this. this is, I love this right here. Because we read John six sixty seven. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Rough, fun, right? Verse 68. This is where he gets good. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Do you see the next line here? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? You're everything. Now, I'm not saying Peter went, okay, everything I just heard right now, hallelujah, praise God, amen. Not saying that. I think there, there's, been times in, there's been times in service, there's been times in ministry, there's been times in Bible reading, there's been times in counsel where something was said and it was rough for me to hear. Rough to me to hear. Very rough for me to hear. Pastor Monty, Camp Kobiak, preaching on unforgiveness. Not going to lie, that was rough to hear because I was dealing with bitterness. I was dealing with unforgiveness in my heart and now I'm being confronted with it. Rough to hear. But I understand something. God's word is eternal. And when I apply the truths to my life, it's always beneficial for my life. And as a result of confessing, as a result of seeking forgiveness, as a result of forgiving others, you know what I found? Peace. That lesson helped me when the very first church I took went completely psychotic. I won't go into the whole story now. But long story short, the sheriff had to get involved and protect my family out of fear for my family's safety and life. Years later, I run into those people because I go back to that same town. I bring my family back to that same town to a different church to continue the gospel work. I start running into those folks in town, small town. If it hadn't been for that truth, that bitterness would have consumed me. But you want to know what happened? Nothing. I felt sad for them. Not bitterness, not unforgiveness, I just felt sad. And I pray for them. And I ask that God would take and do something in their life for his kingdom. And then when I run into them, there's nothing. Why? Because years earlier, I was confronted with the truth, and I was given an opportunity to reject it or accept it. But instead of going away from God, I chose to draw closer to Him, and my life became better as a result of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, and thank you for these wonderful folks, and thank you for uh, allowing me to share your word this morning. And Father, I pray that when we're confronted with things in Scripture that we might disagree with, 
that we would take the time to look into your word, to study your word, to see what you got to say. But also, Lord, help us look into our help us look inward and acknowledge our sin that might we might be dealing with, that might be hindering you from working in our lives, and help us to go forward in your work and serve you from a loving heart. I pray this in your son's name. Amen.